Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Big time signing for the Cleveland Browns. And this is the area they wanted to concentrate on, really the secondary. And there's not a ton, a ton of top-tier safeties available. And it was pretty clear that uh, John Johnson was the top one. And, and he makes big-time safety money. His colleague Mike Garofalo reported three years, $33.75 million. Gets $24 million in guarantees. Uh, probably one of the more anonymous, really, really good players, mostly because his name is John Johnson. But he is really good and someone I think the Browns believe is going to help them immensely. A big-time signing for Cleveland as they get on the board in three. <laughs> I do think the John Johnson signing, that's one maybe the Jags were going after and didn't get. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think that's one of them. I don't know, again, how hot were they on Johnu Smith? I, I would think they would be, or maybe even Hunter Henry. But I do think they were probably on John Johnson. They end up with uh, Rayshon Jenkins from the Chargers, who, by the way, someone told me today, love that guy. So, uh uh, we'll see how that translates, but uh, good for him for getting the deal. Brent Martineau, Austin Lane, football at five here in Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We got free agency all over the place. Mike Tannenbaum going to uh, check in with us here in just a little bit, get his thoughts on what the Jags are doing, what they need to do next. Want to mention Jaguars ticket renewals came out today, right around 11:30, and in about a five-hour span. They had already doubled what their anticipation internally was uh, for uh, the ticket renewal process on day one. So I would say people are renewing. I just put a question out there. Are you renewing? Uh, will you renew your tickets? This goes on the heels of when Urban Meyer and the Trevor Lawrence buzz was happening in uh, January especially. They had people putting down deposits on season tickets at a rapid rate. It has been a nice off-season for the Jags ticket office, for the business office, over the last couple of months. And it was interesting context and timing because people, about for the last 24 hours, especially this morning, were a little disappointed in what the Jaguars were doing in free agency. It didn't matter. Still over the last handful of hours, people are renewing left and right uh, that have held season tickets. And so... They are on a very good pace once again, and they got to get that out of the way because they have people waiting in line to go get the tickets, essentially, if their ticket uh, season ticket members aren't going to do that and renew. So I think it's a really good offseason for the Jags. We already knew that, but uh, it doesn't take money, I guess, to spend in free agency and go get one of these tight ends to still force people to um, say, well, no, 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 I don't want my season tickets anymore. I think people no, are still sure. doing it. They feel the excitement. This is really about Urban Meyer. This is really about Trevor Lawrence, Austin. And I think uh, ticket sales are going to be through the roof here in 2021, coming off a 1-15 in 15 year, which is pretty tremendous. Because we you trying to reopen those tickets, man? Or should we wait for the, the press box passes, possibly? Because that's not a sure thing. Yeah, I don't should know. We I guess we got to feel that one out. Want to go halfsies with that? Okay. <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's re-up that stuff. Let's go. I like it, man. Uh, does it... Uh, surprise you at all i mean uh, that the pace at where the tickets have been i mean it is a one in 15 season we have had blind faith in the past around here of oh get your hopes up if you want to go all the way back to the year 2000 uh so this city is used to it i, I still think this is trevor lawrence mainly but i was surprised and i'll go back and revisit this that i was surprised at how much of a bump urban meyer gave tickets that it, it was a crazy pace when he got announced, and it was incredible the bump that the ticket office received and the phones were ringing off the hook. So 
anything they do now, I believe, is just gravy. I think this still centers all around Meyer and Lawrence. No, without a doubt. I mean, we, we've talked about it a lot, how Trevor Lawrence is a difference maker, you know, and, and people are excited to see him play. Uh, it's the top overall pick, and when you have that, uh, that adds intrigue at the most important position. So, I mean, we've talked about it from a ticket perspective. I think from a primetime game perspective, um, it's going to help out. That's just that's the power of the quarterback position, and um, hopefully it pays dividends to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, and it's also the power of something that we've never seen around here. The number one pick, but also the fact that you've got a guy coming in here that is heralded like Trevor Lawrence is, and a very polarizing and gripping conversation with Urban Meyer across the country, not just here in Jacksonville, of course, with Florida ties uh, to boot. So it's a it's a great recipe for the Jacksonville Jaguars from a business standpoint, and I think this momentum continues. And by the way, today everybody's narrative has changed a little bit because of Shaquille Griffin being signed. That really helped out at the cornerback position. If they go at a receiver here in the next day or so, I think that will only be amplified. And the narrative around even free agency from why aren't you spending on these big guys to – oh, okay, it's going to change in a, in a big-time way. Jaguars will recap their free agency in just a moment. Let's get Ryan on the line. He's been hanging around. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. What's happening, man? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing good, good. man. How you doing? Doing well. Um, my question was, so I'm sure that Trevor Lawrence, knowing that he's going to go number one overall, has been monitoring free agency a little bit and as you see guys like Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry come off the board, are you a little bit concerned about the weapons that you'll have year one with the Jaguars? And are there any big trades or signings that you think the Jags could do to make him more happy in the situation walking in? Right. Appreciate the question, man. It's a good one, too. Thanks for listening to Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Austin. I believe this, before we get into the answers to those questions exactly, but I want to just reset where I stand on Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence coming in is this gifted quarterback, and this is awesome for Jacksonville, right? But I think it is already good for Trevor Lawrence. I think so many young quarterbacks come into situations where their team is, well, what the Jags were, right? 1-15. But they come in kind of empty on the offensive side. In this league, if you're bad on offense, you're probably bad overall. Well, the Jags were bad overall, but I'm not quite sure they're bad on offense. I mean, they had a running back come out of nowhere to get 1,400 yards from scrimmage. They have an interior of their offensive line that I would sign up for, and they got bookend tackles that a lot of people aren't high on, but who knows? Maybe they can grow a little bit. they got a guy in DJ Chark who's made a Pro Bowl. They've got LaVisca Chenault, who I think a lot of teams would take. So, you know, they have holes. They're not perfect. They're not the Kansas City Chiefs. But my overall thought coming into this anyway is Trevor Lawrence is walking into a halfway decent situation as a rookie quarterback on a 1-15 team. I think a lot of young quarterbacks would sign up for what the Jaguars have, and then they hope they build around it. The question is, and what Ryan just asked, will they build around it? Yeah, I mean, you know, and I kind of got into this a little bit when when you cut out on the ESPN 690 chat, where I almost, I, I think I was going to fight like 15 people coming at me all at the same time in terms of the chat about Zach Hurts, which, hey, I'll, I'm going to defend that until somebody makes a move on him. Um, yes, the, the wide receivers right now on paper, everything looks great. The, the, the offensive line, um, yeah, I, I'm not mad at it whatsoever. Now, once again, and I'll, I'll keep on saying it, the, the tight end room concerns me as it should anybody. And I think when you have a guy like oh, Trevor Lawrence. We Lord, got a weapon. I'm going to interrupt you. All right. We got a weapon. You ready? Everett? Nope. Marvin Jones. 
do All anything right. for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Marvin Jones can be a dependable two receiver, if not a three receiver. He's getting a lot of playing time. Um, I, I, I mean, depending on the, the number. You know what? I don't care about the numbers because it's not my money. Um, I'm not paying taxes on it. So, yeah, I like Marvin Jones. I'm a little concerned because Gene Fournette commented on Ian Rappaport, and so now I'm wondering if that was a blue check mark or not. So double check me because Fournette makes me scared, Oof. and I don't want to fall for it because my man Nubs got some folks last night uh, on the, uh, the no, fake reports. Yeah, the but Jaguars. Marvin Jones, it's legit, right? Yes. Marvin Jones, uh, certainly on the list, but what would you say, B-level guy uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Is that what you kind of characterize this move from the wide receiver position? Yeah, I think it's a B-level move. Um, experienced veteran who can help that wide receiver room who seems to be pretty young. Uh, according to Adam Schefter, and I'm verifying the check mark right now. Boom, he's got 8.2 million followers. He's got 8.2 million followers. That's ridiculous, Adam. But uh, <laughs> Jag- that's really, I mean, wow, unbelievable. It's like Lady Gaga numbers. But uh, the Jaguars are giving former Lions wide receiver Marvin Jones a two-year, 14.5 million dollar deal, including a 9.2 million fully guaranteed. Per, per source. Um, to, to me, it, it offers that sure-handed guy. It offers the, the that savvy veteran on the offensive side of the ball. Whether he's going to be the two or the three, I think you put him at the two. I think you put LaVisca as the gadget guy right now. Um, but to me, it says a lot, though, because Kenny Galladay was a guy that we talked about a lot. Yeah. Right? And Schottenheimer, coming from Detroit, has worked with Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. If Schottenheimer's on the table saying, hey, we have to get Marvin Jones over Kenny Galladay, then you know what, Brent? I'm going to believe Schottenheimer. All right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to put my trust into him and say, okay, I guess this is the better pick than Kenny Galladay. Obviously, money could be a factor as well, but I do like the signing. Okay, got another one in for you. Reportedly a trade from the Saints. Malcolm Brown, defensive tackle, coming into the Jacksonville Jaguars. These moves happening like hotcakes right now on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks, Ian Rappaport. Thanks, Adam Schefter. We appreciate it. Malcolm Brown, you like the move? I like the move. It's uh, definitely a starter-worthy pick. Uh, First-round pick back in 2015. A lot of experience. Um, played with New England beginning, coming from New Orleans. What did they trade for him? Have they said? That no, they they aren't right now. Um, I I haven't seen that yet. Let's just say that. I is mean, this, is this just, one I official? Mean, listen, I'm catching this stuff in. Like when Rappaport tweets it out, and 47 seconds ago, I've got it on the air in less than a minute. I mean, yeah, I, I can't figure out what kind of compensation there is just yet. All right, that's Coos's job. Tell Coos to do something back there. Coos, do something. Well, we're just waiting for you to cut out again so I can take over, and I'm really going to – my head's going to explode. And I have to break down <laughs> contracts. I have to address the stream chat I and mean, then listen, do another I, interview. I played engineer today. I can't play GM as well. Oh, it's do just chat. <laughs> no stream chat. Nice work, Goose. No, All right, that, so, hey, that hey, was by seriously. design, by the way. Listen, we're lock, we're talking now about 16 moves I think the Jags have made in the last two days. Yeah. I mean, you talk about activity. This is getting crazy. Malcolm Brown – traded from the Saints to the Jags, according to reports. The signing of Marvin Jones, who, again, I think is a nice signing. I don't think it's a wow signing, but now we're seeing a few of those to go along with the 10 other acquisitions we've talked about, to go along with Trey Herndon, Tyler Shatley, Dewan Smoot, Sidney Jones, re-signed by the team. I mean, we're talk- I think it's 16 moves we're up to, unless I'm missing something. You talk about activity over a 24- to 36-hour period. And and like you say, instantaneously, you don't mind Marvin Jones. It's not a bad play. 
Again, not an eye popper, not going to do parades. But Malcolm Brown, that's more beef on the defensive front. I like Malcolm Brown. No, for sure. I mean, that's going to be – yeah, I mean, now it's to the point of who's starting over who here because Malcolm Brown started, I think, every game uh, last year for the Saints – um, you know, he's another big-bodied guy that that is great against the run, um, that adds beef up front. I would assume that you more, more likely put him at the – I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. I think you would put – you know, he's 6'2", 320. So to me, that screams a little bit more of a nose than a 3-4 than a defensive end. But then if you bring in Tyson, I, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out. But once again, it, it's more depth. Um, it's quality depth, which this team so desperately needs. Love the trade, whatever it is. Hopefully it's nothing too major. But I like it, at least from the standpoint right now. All right, so let's. we got to recap this. And I think we'll have Mike Tannenbaum coming on in a little bit. But uh, real quickly, with the beef they've added up front, man, uh, Robertson Harris, uh, yesterday from Chicago, Tyson Alualu, a name we know, veteran guy, bringing him on board. They already have Devon Hamilton. They re-signed DeJuan Smoot. They bring in Malcolm Brown, who can get to the quarterback in his career for a two or three sack kind of season, but he's a run-stuffing guy right there in the middle, a big body. I mean, they have remade their defensive front, and they do still have Taven Bryan. We don't know the future of Taven Bryan, but... They're doing a lot of work up front. I mean, they are repairing this defense. They are remaking this defense in a big-time way. And when you think about what this defense has done against the run, this embarrassing defense against the run, quite frankly, and you add in a scheme shift from 4-3 to 3-4, well, you're getting a remade defense of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'm getting the sense that you kind of like it. No, I absolutely love it. Um, it's what Urban Meyer stated. We're going to start up front and work our way back. And to me, that's what any good defense does. You have to address the trenches first and then work your way back. If you don't have a, a legit defensive line slash outside linebacking core and a 3-4 defense, you have nothing. And right now it's getting addressed. I like what I'm seeing from that. Um, yeah, I mean, nothing – I mean – Positive remarks all around for me right now in terms of this defense. Uh, listen, they were ready to go here. You know, there's a there's a sense that the Jags got caught with their pants down on Monday because they weren't throwing this money and they didn't get the tight end. Okay, I'll give you they didn't get the tight end yet. Well, and, and well, also signing Carlos Hyde didn't help anything either last night. Yeah, some of these signings, the special team stuff, yeah, I get it. Like, listen, I, I understand, um, and I love you, Jags fans. I mean, you got a little crazy. I mean, we were like hours in. You got a little crazy and wild, but that's okay. And I'm still kind of with you on the I'm tight end. I'm going to say it front. again. Signing Carlos Hyde didn't do any favors. No, it didn't. Okay. It didn't, didn't help Jaguars all access out. I can tell you that. <laughs> Is uh, he coming back on? What's up? <laughs> I don't know if we're extending an invite or not. <laughs> but but they certainly haven't got caught with their pants down, Austin. They had a plan here, and they have 16 acquisitions. If you go back to last Friday, if my numbers are correct, I mean, that is a boatload of moves in the first couple of days here of free agency. And, and again, we'll add in last Friday when they made Tyler Shatley and Trey Herndon re-signed as well. Yeah, no, without a doubt. we all. I mean, this is non-Jaguars related, but it's also quarterback related. Uh, the Chicago Bears yeah. are landing a pretty big guy. Not Russell Wilson, Andy Dalton. Sorry, Bears fans. <laughs> My bad about that one. You know, I mean, and listen, it doesn't really mean anything about Russell Wilson still. Those talks could still be out there, but Andy Dalton's going to the Chicago Bears on a one-year $10 million deal, according to Adam Schefter. Does that rule them out from Russell Wilson now if they're going to spend mm. that kind of money on Dalton? And they have Trubisky still. Well, and they saw Foles. I mean, they're, 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 they're pot committed to Foles as well, and no one's taking that guy right now. I think... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Unless they can swing something, I think that they're going to be committed with those three guys. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I don't think Russell Wilson's going anywhere. Never did, quite frankly. I thought that was the most oversold story of the offseason, and it's not done. So maybe I'll be wrong, but I just don't see that happening. Uh, so that's an interesting move by Chicago. Chicago's been very quiet. I think that's their only move on the uh, free agent front so far. Of course, they did tag Allen Robinson as well. All right, let's go to the phone lines right now and welcome in a man that knows all about these kind of days in the NFL. Mike Tannenbaum, former New York Jets GM, Miami Dolphins, Executive Vice President of Football Operations. He joins us on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Mike, appreciate the time. Brent Martineau, along with former Jags player Austin Lane. Uh, just some quick reaction. The Jags have been extremely busy. We're talking about 16 different transactions, keeping some of their own players, going after others in free agency. They just picked up, according to reports, Marvin Jones as well, uh, and traded for Malcolm Brown. Do you like what Urban Meyer, Trent Baalke, and the Jags are doing so far in the early stages of free agency? Yeah, I do. You know, it, you could see certainly like the vision of what uh, Coach Meyer wants in terms of you know speed with Philip Dorsett. Uh, Carlos High was you know some familiarity. Kinsley, maybe the one move that I was a little surprised and some other people around the league was franchising Cam Robinson. Not sure I saw him as that type of player, but you know, look, he's young and maybe he gets better. And certainly, you know, protecting Trevor Lawrence is going to be job one. Mike, you know, uh, a, a big talking point in free agency this year for the Jaguars was the tight end position. You bring in Trevor Lawrence, hopefully, we'll see, but I mean, it's Trevor Lawrence. You bring in Trevor Lawrence, and in my opinion, you have to give him as many weapons as possible. The tight end position here for the past decade has been lacking, to, to say the very least. Um, should Jaguars fans be worried right now about the tight end position, or is it so overblown because you have guys like Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, who are those diamonds in a rough, the other difference makers? Like, should Jacksonville still pursue a guy like Gerald Everett or somebody like that to help out Trevor Lawrence, or will they be okay relying on maybe some non-household names like Josh Oliver and maybe some guy in the draft? Yeah, you know, O'Shaughnessy is, is a free agent, and... Um, Look, I actually liked Oliver last year coming out quite a bit. I thought he had a lot of athleticism at, from San Jose State, and uh, I think he still has a big upside. And you could manufacture those guys. I remember when I worked with Rex Ryan, he was used to talking about, hey, let's, let's take those you know athletic tackles. We can make them our jumbo tight end. And you know, there's some guys. You, you can certainly get creative. You can look at players like Kyle Jerzelik, who just uh, re-signed with uh, San Francisco. Um, he's a little bit more of a fullback, but you can move guys around and, and get production there. I do think the tight end's a really important position as the development of for a quarterback. So I think it's a really good point. But look, you know, free agency officially doesn't start till tomorrow. <laughs> That's a good point. Hey, not a run. You haven't been on Jags Twitter today as much as we have. We thought we'd be doing this whole session on the couch, Mike, today. But then some big signings like Shaquille Griffin, and now the trade for Malcolm Brown and Marvin Jones sign. I think I think Jags fans are starting to feel a little bit better. Mike Tannenbaum with us here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. We appreciate the time, and it's a perfect time for you to jump in on this conversation. The Jags didn't go make a huge splash yesterday. Did that surprise you at all? Not chasing maybe a big-time wide receiver or outbidding some teams for those tight ends like Hunter Henry or Jonu Smith? Well, I would just say, like, it, to me, that's complementary team building. You know, when you look at the receiver position, it's loaded in the draft. You're, you're going to be able to draft one or two receivers. Uh, I think LaVisca Chenault, a little bit of a guy that's a versatile player, but, you know, last year's second-round pick, I think, has a chance to really develop into a playmaker. Um, and then you can certainly add guys. You know, you could look at a guy like Kenny Galladay, I'm not saying they're going to sign him, but there's a number of good receivers still out there. We saw a couple go early. 
Uh, Kendrick Bourne was a surprise. Aguilar, I thought, got a little bit more than I expected. Um, plenty of receivers out there. So, uh, again, I think when you look at guys like Dorsett, one of the things that when you look at Coach Meyer going back to Utah, Florida, obviously at Ohio State, he wants speed on the perimeter. Mike, you're a guy coming from New York, and you actually spent some time with defensive coordinator Bob Sutton. Now, I played under Bob Sutton back in 2013 in Kansas City. Now, obviously, Bob Sutton is a senior defensive analyst here in Jacksonville. What I think of a Bob Sutton defense, I think about obviously having that beef in the middle, but it really features two bona fide pass rushers on the edge. And we, we had Tom Ali and we had Justin Houston, two, you know, pro bowlers, all pro type of guys. When you, and keep in mind, when you, like, we don't know what the defense is going to look like quite yet, but let's assume right now, just for the narrative, that Bob Sutton is going to implement a lot of what he had in New York or in Kansas City. With what you see right now from Josh Allen, you got to like that. From Caleb on Chason's perspective, though, like, are you sold on Caleb on Chason being that other guy, or is Edge Rush still a position that Jaguar should either, uh, you know, get in early in the draft or still in free agency? Yeah, and look, I know Coach Sutton well. Um, but, you know, when you also look at, you know, Joe Collins as a new defensive coordinator, one of the things when you look at the system he just came from, guys like Matt Judon really were, they thrived, and Judon's not just a, you know, quote-unquote pass rusher. So um, I think with Josh Allen and Chase on, both, they're both young, they're both athletic. Josh Allen was a guy I loved coming out. I thought the uh, Giants should have taken him at five overall when he came out. He was one of my favorite players of the draft. So I think their versatility, their athleticism, um, you can never have enough pass rushers. Um, but then you think about guys like Miles Jack. Uh, he could really run. So I think there's a lot of speed in their front seven, which, again, when you look at like what Joe Cullen came from, I think that's going to be speed will be at a premium, especially in the front seven. Mike Tannenbaum with us, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You've been in so many different situations, Mike. Uh, what's your view of this situation? Urban Meyer, Shad Khan has made him the coach-centric figure of this organization. I kind of like that. But when it comes to days like this in the upcoming draft, how much is divided between Urban Meyer really pulling the trigger on these moves or Trent Balky really guiding him to the right moves? How do you view the situation inside Jags headquarters these days? Well, I would just say, like, that's a, uh, in the formative years of my career, that's the system I was, I grew up in, Coach Parcells, Coach Belichick. Um, I thought there was a lot of efficiencies with that, to be candid, just from a standpoint of um, everybody knew what to look for. And, you know, Coach, Coach Meyer is making all the decisions. And, you know, with Trent Baalke and what role I played for a long time in my career is you're the point guard of information. You know, you guys talk about players like, be it Malcolm Brown or, Philip Dorsett or, you know, some of the other moves that they recently made, should we franchise Cam Robinson? You want to lay out like, hey, if we let Cam Robinson graduate to free agency, here are our options. You know, do we want to go after Trent Williams? He's going to be expensive. Um, you know, here are the other tackles in the draft. If we draft a tackle, we can't get the tight end. So do we pay Cam and then we can go draft that tight end? Those are sort of the things like you want to set the table, put all the information on the, out there, and then work hard to make the best decision for us. And I've always defined the job as being the point guard of information. Mike, we look at this Jaguars roster from last year. It was the youngest team in the NFL. They're obviously now stocking up on veteran presence, and they've got significantly older. I know from a player's perspective of what it meant to have, you know, that veteran leadership um, in the locker room to try to trickle down a little bit, especially from a team coming off of one win. You know, from a former GM's perspective, is that something that gets talked about a lot is bringing some veteran guys in there to help mold these 
younger guys essentially? Yeah, um, I'm a huge believer in that. I'm not a big three-year rebuild guy, um, and the reason for that is my first year with the New York Jets in 1997, we won nine games. The year before, they won one. So coaching matters, culture matters, player accountability, it all matters. And I think you could turn things around a lot quicker in our sport because things like special teams and field position and playing uh, great situational football really impacts the game. Mike Tannenbaum with us, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Mike, I do have to thank you because last year during ESPN's mock draft, I picked and I had to pick uh, who I thought the Jags would take, and I said Javon Kinlaw. And I'm pretty sure that you picked like right after me because you, I, I think you were picking for the Jets if I have it correct, and and you you applauded my move of Kinlaw. So I it did a lot for my ego. So I have to thank you for that. <laughs> now Brent, t- tell him your second pick of that draft. Brent, tell him your wait, second wait, pick of the wait, draft. Wait, let him talk about my first one first. Okay. Austin. Okay. <laughs> you know Kinlaw dominated the Senior Bowl, and then mysteriously he had like knee tendonitis, which was like. His agent saying, like, okay, you've done enough, you're done. <laughs> okay, Mike, my second pick was not so heralded. Tell him, uh, Brent. Because C.D. Lamb had been picked up by Dallas, I went with Trevon Diggs. Oh, boy. Yep, <laughs> and that's all you need to hear right there, everybody. Hey, 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 speaking of oh, boy, do you remember back to 2010, a young man out of Maury State who could rush the passer <laughs> a little bit, and what kind of grade and where you put him on your board, named Austin Lane? I, I, had, I had great character, great intangibles. No sad, Brent. That's all I need to hear. Hey, all right. my mom is super proud of me right now, man. I appreciate it, Mike. Great all right, Mike. Mike, last one for you. Trevor Lawrence fever down here. Uh, they just did season ticket renewals. They're going fast. People have a buzz. Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, we know they're taking them. If you were taking, if you were the GM of the Jacks, how just over the moon would you be? about the idea of taking Trevor Lawrence, that he lands kind of in your lap with the number one overall pick. Give us a thought or two uh, from that perspective on Trevor Lawrence. You know, I just think he's going to be really special because he checks all the boxes, character, talent, ability, um, leadership. I think he's going to be really, really special. Um, I think they're really lucky to get him, and I think he's somewhere between Vinny Testaverde and Andrew Luck. And I think he has high ceiling, high character, um, and I can't wait to watch him in the NFL. Awesome stuff, Mike Tannenbaum. We appreciate the time and uh, like following you on Twitter as well. Keep putting out the good information, and hopefully you can join the show once again down the road. All right, thanks so much for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Uh, that's former Jets GM and Executive Vice President of Football Operations with the Miami Dolphins, Mike Tannenbaum. <laughs> uh, and, <laughs> hey, interesting Interesting thing about what he said there, what caught my attention, yeah. and maybe caught your attention if you're listening, folks. This is a guy who's been around the block now. He knows it. Uh, 1997, he said they went from one win. I didn't realize that. The Jets went from one win to nine wins in the next year. That's a heck of a jump, but he thinks it's possible, Austin. Yeah, no, I mean, that's – I think we share the same mindset there. When you can make a difference in one year, if you have that right locker room in tune – and your coaching philosophy, you know, and you get the message across. You can definitely be turned around in one year. Now, are you going to the Super Bowl? Probably not. But you can make a drastic difference in one year. My Well, two biggest takeaways. Number one, he said, oh, boy, when, he, when you talked about Diggs, <laughs> which is awesome. That's a button now. That's going to be a button. Trademark that button. And also, uh, I I'll be honest, haven't been called high character a lot when talking about my draft stock, coming from a guy that got arrested twice before he got drafted, and once about two weeks before the draft. So I appreciate the compliment of being a high character dude. And fell out of the back of a pickup truck. And I fell out of the back of a pickup truck. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. And yeah, <laughs> that's all we're gonna say about that. <laughs> and who knows what else at the pickle? Oh, I know, Wisconsin. man. Hey, all I'm gonna say is if they, or had, a at private, the 40. If they had a private investigator come through Iowa, Wisconsin, or come through the pickle in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, no way I'm getting drafted. I'm talking undrafted free agent, and I gotta work my way up from there. The pickle or the 40 needs some Vita Delouis. It's happy hour Let's get time. The islands and every drop of Vida de Luis tequila, 100% blue agave from Tequila, Mexico. Good vibes. Taste the islands and every drop of Vita de Luis tequila imported directly from Tequila, Mexico to Jacksonville Beach. Vita de Luis, the only locally owned tequila in Jack's Beach. Support local and try Vita de Luis. Vita de Luis.com, Blanco, Reposado, or Añejo. Support local. Taste the islands in every drop. If you're taking a shot for every acquisition that the Jaguars have made, you're drunk. The Jaguars continue to make acquisitions in free agency and sign some of their own. Let's recap everything that's happened over the last couple of hours, including some big moves over the last half hour when we come back. And I was going to say, Brent, drink in moderation and be a high-character type of guy. Absolutely yes. do that, too. Yes. Uh, we'll raise a toast with some Vita de Louis <laughs> to that. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Recap and free agency when we come back on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. This is an email. Why is WWE wrestling not being shown on Friday night? Austin Lane. Thank you very much. Read it right now. Read it right now. This I could just be did. Why oh, is WWE? That's it. I that's mean, it? that's why I thought. I don't know. I mean, Roman's only five. I don't know how many sentences he can make. Yeah, Smart some, kid. Somebody but... might have proofread it for him. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Mitchell Trubisky, interesting name uh, to watch for some of these uh, quarterback needy teams. Start with Washington. You're talking the Bears. I wouldn't be surprised, Mike, if the 49ers bring in a really, really strong backup to push Jimmy Garoppolo and to be there in case he has an injury. And that's one thing that we've seen for the 49ers. You know, it's like we've talked so much about, are they going to replace Jimmy? I feel like it's more bolster him, give him some support and maybe an option if he he isn't able to be on the field. That is Ian Rappaport. Doesn't look like Russell Wilson's going anywhere. One of the reports says Chicago made a uh, pitch to try to get Wilson. Seattle said, no, they go get Andy Dalton. Instead, How about what the Jacksonville Jaguars have done as we wrap up a Tuesday of free agency where I just tweeted, this went from being a shrink session today to almost a celebration. That maybe is a little overdramatic, but that's okay. It, it, it worked at the moment. I don't think this is a celebration, but it's certainly you feel better about the Jaguars situation than you did a few hours ago and earlier in the day when nothing had been done. Go back to last Friday. The Jaguars bring back Trey Herndon and Tyler Shatley. Go back to yesterday. They won a free agency. Their first move, Roy Robertson Harris on the defensive line from Chicago. They go get Jamal Agnew, an elite kick return, punt return man, and maybe someone who can factor in a little bit to the offense. Carlos Hyde, eh, sleepy pick in my opinion. <laughs> Philly Dorsett, <laughs> Philip Dorsett, uh, Rudy Ford, and Rayshon Jenkins. Now, Rayshon Jenkins, an underrated move. Because Jenkins is a safety that they threw some pretty good money at, yeah. and he's going to be a factor back there in the secondary. I don't think that's a name a lot of people know, but they are counting on Rayshon Jenkins to be a factor. Stuart Weber, who wrote all these down on a sticky note for me because I can't keep track of it myself, just reminds me, don't forget Cam Robinson was tagged before all of this as 
well. Now, day two, the Jacksonville Jaguars get Chris Manhurts. Who? Well, he's a tight end. He's a blocking tight end. That will be the last time we'll say his name over the next couple of years. Jihad Ward, defensive end from Baltimore. Am I saying his name correctly? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I hope so, too. Uh, hey, Brent, the, you're, yeah. you're the professional one. Why are you asking me this stuff? Uh, I like to get names right if yeah. I can. I didn't check on that, yeah. though, in, uh, in full disclosure. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, corner for the Seattle Seahawks. The Jags sign him. And that's the move that changed the narrative, Austin. That's the one that said, okay, we're going to spend. We're going to get a bona fide starter. We're going to team him up in the secondary with C.J. Henderson. I see what you're doing now, Urban Meyer and Trent Baalke. That's the one that changed things. And keep an eye on Shaquem Griffin. They didn't tender him. Could he come to Jacksonville as well and play with his brother once again like he did in Seattle? That's not a move that's been made. Tyson Alualu back to Jacksonville uh, this afternoon. 33-year-old, played a good season a year ago with Pittsburgh. Obviously, he's a veteran. He's been around since 2010. But can he solidify that front a little more for the Jags? And then just in the last hour, wide receiver Marvin Jones. Not the top-flight wide receiver. Maybe some of you hoped, like a Galladay or even a Juju Smith-Schuster, or or maybe even Curtis Samuel, people would put him in that category. But this is a little bit of that second level. Marvin Jones, who knows how to catch touchdown passes. Daryl Bevel, very familiar with him. They sign Marvin Jones, the wide receiver, to help out Trevor Lawrence in this offense. And they make a trade moments later, at least as they were reported, for Malcolm Brown, defensive lineman. So they add even more beef to the front. He comes over from New Orleans, and uh, I forget who mentioned it on social media, but probably was right on. They probably were ready to cut Malcolm Brown because they're up against the cap, and I bet it didn't cost them too much to trade for Malcolm Brown for the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is 17 moves, I think it is. Over the last few weeks, if you factor in Cam Robinson's franchise tag, Shatley and Herndon from Friday, but uh, most of these moves being done in the last two days, Austin. Yeah, um, it's a lot. It's a it's a golden corral, corral buffet, if you will. It's a it's a smorgasbord right now of new names to learn, new numbers to learn, and all that stuff. I love it. Um, I love the fact that the defensive line. Seems to be uh, addressed. And keep in mind, we still have an NFL draft to talk about as well, right? So there's, uh, there's still going to be a lot more guys incoming here. But as far as the goals that were concerned with free agency, you've addressed the interior defensive line. That was big. Um, you've addressed the secondary for the most part, which was big with Rashawn Jenkins, obviously, and then Sh- Shaq Griffin now. Um, you know, the, the only, and here's where we're at, Brent. We're we're at a steakhouse right now. We've had the T-bone. We have all the sides. We're, we're sitting pretty. We're feeling good. We're feeling famished. But you know what? That dessert menu's coming out. All right. And I I, I want a cheesecake. And I I need a big slice of cheesecake. And if you can somehow sprinkle on a tight end, Brent, to to really uh you know encapsulate this free agency for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think it could be a home run. Well, it, and then and then you get trade. Can you trade for Ertz? It just uh, was reported that Ertz is going to seek a trade. The Eagles are giving him permission. We all thought that would happen, but should the Jags actively go pursue Ertz, given the fact that Henry and Johnu Smith are now uh, with the New England Patriots? Would you want to see him do that, Austin, or maybe go after a guy like Gerald Everett? No, I want to see him go after Ertz all day. I think Ertz is a tier above Gerald Everett. Um, 
I'm going to take that risk, you know, with the injuries and everything. And I'm going to ask Zach Ertz to be the receiver that we need him to be. As far as the run game is concerned, where it's a little more physical, um, we we have other guys for that. What we need you to be is a dependable receiver. I think Zach Ertz can still do that, so I take the risk. Yeah, I think that would be a nice move. Remember, they have uh, plenty of capital. Now, they might have just lost a little bit of it, the Malcolm Brown trade. I have a lot of people ask me, what's the trade? I haven't seen that reported yet. I don't know. Again, I I wouldn't think it was too much that they got from Malcolm Brown. The Saints needed to get rid of salary, and they needed to do that in a big way. And so this helps the Saints out, too, even though they lose a good player. So the Jags might have had some bargaining position there, and they make the trade. I can't imagine they gave up too much on top of taking on the salary, which I think I saw was like something around $11 million a year or something like that. But uh, maybe $11 million overall. I can't remember right now. I'm seeing so many different things. But uh, anyway, we don't know what the compensation was. So what would the compensation be for Ertz? We have no idea. But the Jags still have options at tight end. And don't you get the sense, this is how we started this conversation a week ago, if the Jags don't get Hunter Henry or John New Smith, it feels like they lost free agency. Well, they're not getting those guys. But it almost feels now, given all the moves they've made and some of the nice moves that they've made and the feelings of the fan base, at least, uh, the narrative out there, that if they trade for Ertz or even sign Everett, that it will feel like they did a good job this week in free agency? I think so. Um, You know, I think two of the three pressing needs have been addressed. Like I said, interior defensive line, secondary, and then the tight end position is left blank right now. Um, I still think that the way it's going right now, one would assume that they're going to try to make a big play for Everett or Zach Ertz, you would think, the the way that they've uh, handled the free agency today. So, you know, I guess if you're asking me, like, what do I grade this right now? I would probably give it a solid B. I think if you were to get a tight end like an Ertz or maybe even an Everett, I think I could bump it up to an A minus an A even. Um, but you got to keep in mind, tight end is a need, you know, and that was addressed from Urban Meyer. Um, he, he made a habit of saying it over and over again. And I feel like if you don't address that in free agency, well, then you didn't get everything that you wanted to do. You can still be happy and celebrate because you got a lot of new pieces that are going to be great. But at the same time, the point of t- the point of free agency is addressing some of the biggest needs. And Urban Meyer said it himself: one of the biggest needs is the tight end position. It's really interesting, Austin. If you go over the last 36 hours, really, and, and really, I mean, you're talking more like 24, well, about 30, 30 hours. And you know, they make the move for the defensive tackle, Robertson Harris, and the people are like, okay, that's cool. Uh, kind of want Tomlinson, but maybe that eliminates Tomlinson. Maybe it doesn't. I like the move. Uh, the more you read on him, boom, like it. Then they go after a punt returner and basically a special teams guy. And you're like, what in the world? This team is 1-15, in and that's where we're going first? And now you look back at 17 transactions over the last, however, 10 days or so, and you look at what they've done. And what they basically have said, Austin, is we were 1-15. in Our roster sucked. Yeah. And we need to do better. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, by the way, no disrespect to the folks on the roster – uh, because not everybody stinks, or I shouldn't say not everybody's not good enough. There are a lot of good players. There are a lot of talented players as well. But certainly, as you look at the 53, it's not good enough. And Trent Balky and Urban Meyer said, we're remaking it. And uh, to hit on a couple of the points we talked about earlier in the show, they got a heck of a lot older in the last 30 hours 
than they were. They were the youngest team in the NFL. They added a lot of veterans, including Tyson Alualu, who was drafted here back in 2010. He's 33 years old. But even the late 20s guys that they added in uh, is significant to help beef up the age and the wisdom, if you will, of a locker room that still will have to fight some adversity. Every team does during the course of the NFL season. They remade the defense from a schematic standpoint and also to help stop the run up front. That is, to me, the biggest headline of what they've done in the last couple of days. They got older, they beefed up against the run, and they've adjusted schematically by the personnel they're bringing in. Yeah, and and, and this you know this has Joe Collins' fingerprints all over it. Um, they're going to take a precedent in stopping the run. It's one thing to say, okay, we're going to be good at stopping the run. It's another thing to actually address it, bring in a bunch of guys, a lot of depth, a lot of competition in order to do that. The Jaguars have done that. One would assume they're going to be a lot better this year in stopping the run. And once again, we don't know what this defense is going to quite look like off the bat, but I love the direction that they're going right now with all these signings. Hey, big thanks to uh, Willie Jules Barbecue for jumping on board our restaurant revival tour. Go check them out at Mirabella down in St. Augustine. Willie Jules Old School Barbecue. Also go to the best wings, by the way, in St. Augustine. So you have to check that out. Uh, big thanks to Mike Tannenbaum for stopping by. Perfect day to do it. Former GM, former front office guy in the NFL. Stopped by the show here at Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Good luck to Flagler tonight as they play in the Division II Sweet 16. We'll have highlights coming up tonight of that one on Action Sports Shacks on the TV side, CBS 47 and Fox 30. And happy St. Paddy's Day tomorrow. Be live at Colhane's Irish Pub over there on the south side. Make sure you come out and say hello to us. Austin Lane, that was a lot of fun. Why can't we just have free agency like every day of the year? That's what I'm saying, man. A lot to talk about. I like it. <laughs> it was a lot. Uh, good work, Coos, back there in Austin Lane as well. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow, 3 o'clock. Coming up next, live, local, loud. We'll see you on TV tonight as well, CBS 47 at Fox 30. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.